On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, you may have seen in the news in the last couple of days, as we've been talking about Ukraine with Mark Daly in the last few minutes, um, the Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, um, making the argument about the current hunger crisis in Ukraine, about the shortage of grain, which is stocked up in warehouses, which are currently under Russian control, and the consequences for the rest of the continent and indeed the rest of the world if that grain isn't released. Um, it does highlight some of the international food shortages, but unfortunately, Ukraine is, is far from the most pressing one. Um, the CEO of Oxfam Ireland, Jim Clarkin, is with us in the studio. Jim, thanks for coming in on Sunday afternoon. Um, People perhaps don't realise that there is actually a significance to the word famine. And when you're talking about a famine in some places in, in Africa, like, for example, we will be talking about in a moment, that it does actually mean that things are gone beyond just the level of, of a hunger crisis. Thanks, Kevin, and, and appreciate you covering this. Um, yes, uh, the word famine is one that we in, in the sector, the international development and humanitarian sector, use very cautiously because when you get to that point, it means it's catastrophic. Uh, so there is a there is a, an independent organisation, the IPC, that judge food insecurity from one to five. And we've been warning, and the, the purpose of the report that we've launched in relation to this, uh, the dangerous delay, is that we've been warning for the last two years and the IPC has been warning that parts of the Horn of Africa, Somalia, Ethiopia, Kenya, are at, we're at IPC level three, moving towards four, and now we're at a situation where there are indications of countries at this IPC level five. Okay. So it's, it gets a bit technical. But the, the important point mm. to mention is real famine in the pure sense of the technical term doesn't happen that often. When it happens, it's okay. catastrophic. Because I, I suspect, and I know that it's a very technical note in which to start, but I, I suspect a lot of people don't appreciate that there is that sort of nuance to it. Or if they hear about there being a famine in certain parts of Africa, they think that it is the ongoing situation of there being drought and crop shortages, but they don't they don't really ex- appreciate that it is as grave as it truly is. Exactly right. So I, tra- I travelled in 2011 with Mary Robinson and with a number of others and, and media to cover what was the first famine of the 21st century in 2011. So they, the famine in this case doesn't happen thankfully as often uh, as, it, as it used to. And I think the word, is, the word is overused at times. But the important thing to, to note is that there has been a food crisis for a long time. Mm. It's heading towards that catastrophic stage and we, we need to do something about it. Uh, the report that you've published, uh, which is called Dangerous Delays, um, outlines some of the, the grave uh, hunger uh, issues and, and indeed as is approaching now famine in some parts of Africa um, people will probably hear of there being a, a serious food shortage in Somalia and they might think that it's a very 1990s sort of story they might not realise that it's still to the present day you're estimating that 350,000 children uh, children alone could die in Somalia alone by the end of this summer it, it's, it's extraordinary absolutely startling and you know we rightly have you know, had a huge focus on the horrific crisis in Ukraine and the incredible support, rightly so, that people have received. But unfortunately, what's happening in the Horn of Africa and what might happen in Somalia could dwarf the human suffering. And nobody should ever compare mm. these two things, but just but in just, terms just, of scale. Just to put it into context for people to help appreciate that, Somalia has a, a population of just under 16 million. And you're talking about 350, like a third of a million children alone. Children alone could summer. die of hunger. And, and you know... The fact that we're even saying that anybody dies of hunger in the 21st century, it, it, it's, it's, it's very hard to, to, to understand that this is possible in a world yeah. where we can do almost anything. Uh, hunger is 
absolutely preventable. There's more than enough food in the world. There's more than enough resources in the world. We should never get to this situation. And the, the, the crisis in the region is is compounded by a few things. There's conflict. Mm. There is there has been the, <clears throat> the, the fallout of COVID. And bear in mind that that part of the world has not been vaccinated because the vaccines haven't been shared. There has been a, there is a huge climate crisis. So we talk about climate change sometimes as if it's in the future. You know, the, the worst um, droughts in 40 years are happening right now in that region. Uh, so, you know, the, the a lot of the communities, have, their, their livestock have died. They've not been able to plant, plant crops. They've had to move. They've had to migrate uh, and they've had to use whatever limited resources and, and reserves they might have. And now they're at this very desperate situation. And then on top of that, you have a situation where in some of those countries, 90 percent of all wheat is imported from Ukraine and Russia. Oh, right. So this is the, the direct trigger point that it was already bad enough because of the, the, the weather circumstances that there are. But then you, you insert the shortage of export from Ukraine and suddenly things get to a very, very grave area. Exactly right. And remember that the people in the region have had nothing to do with any of these things. They, they, the, the, those three countries produce 0.1% mm. of all global carbon emissions and they're the ones who are now suffering from the impact of climate change. Obviously, they have nothing to do with the conflict in, in Ukraine. Mm. So they're, they're, they're the victims of things that are outside of their control. They're desperately struggling to try and do what they can but now we're we're facing this situation where unless there's a radical transformation to global support at the moment the UN's appeal has been funded by just about 3% and yet we're talking about 350,000 children dying in a few weeks time unless that's dramatically changed I, I just can't get my head around the, the the scale of the numbers if you try to conceptualize it as as four croke parks and more of people who are going to die this summer. Um, short of there being some immediate solution to the Ukraine crisis and short of there being an overnight change in climate change, which of course isn't going to happen. Um, in the short term, what can be done? Is it possible to avert all of this? It, it really is. So international community need to mobilise very, very fast uh, and need to support the, the UN's appeal, which is which is there, which is, has been known for quite a long time. It, it's too late to look now at all the other warnings that we've been given for the last three or four years and, and all the climate issues that we know we need to change. Right now it's emerging emergency response, it's immediate, it's funding the, the appeals that are there, it's getting getting food to people in the region. And we don't, you know, we don't usually talk about this mm. in this kind of desperately dramatic, catastrophic way. Uh, what we know that if something happens, if, if the mobilisation happens in these next few weeks, we can transform the situation. So is that a case of, of state aid or public philanthropy or, or where do people help then? Well, it, it, obviously the public are, the Irish public are incredibly supportive of Oxfam's work and always have been. And when we when we raise a flag like this, they're hugely supportive. But the public alone can't make the difference here. These are We're talking about international community. We're talking about the big governments across the world. Ireland is traditionally a very generous uh, national sponsor and a national donor as well. But we need the big countries to mobilise. We need them to, to stop looking internally at their own crises. You know, we, we can't be talking mm. about, you know, thousands and thousands of children dying when, when we know we can do something about sure. it and we can do it urgently and now. Uh, no doubt people can go to Oxfam's own website if they want to get involved in the operations. Really appreciate any any support people can give and also just to, to make the make sure the awareness is there and make sure that we're mobilising and mobilising others mm. to respond. Um, Jim Clark and CEO of Oxfam Ireland, thank you very much for coming into the studio. It, it is something which really does need highlighting because of the scale of, of what's going on. So we're glad that we're able to spend a few minutes doing it. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.